1: Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. Hi, I'm Chaz Mustard, And you're listening to Inside Supercars.
2: From the racetracks across Australia, And here's Inside Supercars.
0: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Greg And we're joined by one of the young guns in Super 2, Matt McLean from Eagleton Motorsport. Welcome, Matt.
1: Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: It must be very difficult in these COVID times to be having a stop start driving career, but you're very committed to making it work. You must be excited to be driving only now two or three weeks away from uh, Sydney Motorsport Park.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Tony. It has been a difficult year uh, being stop start. Being my first season in Super 2, I was really looking forward to getting out there and having a crack at all these different tracks. I was developing myself as a driver, but I mean, as we all know, we, we did the first round at Bathurst and had a four month break until Townsville which we then did a back-to-back round. So at this point, I've only been to two tracks. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting back out there um, to Sydney Motorsport Park, which as you mentioned is only a few weeks away, which is great. And uh, yeah, after that we head to Bass. So yeah, looking forward to it. It's been a good year so far. We've picked up the rookie of the round uh, for all three rounds, which, is, uh, which I'm pretty happy about, but we're just going to press on and make sure we do a good job to stop the last two. So, yeah, it's, it's been, a, it has, despite being a lot of brakes, it's still been a busy year to securing that, you know, making will make sure we secure all the funding to, to continue going on.
0: Now, the car you're driving has got good pedigree. Uh, it's a Wincup car originally, I believe, the VF.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I got one of windcup's old cars. Uh, I believe it's his 2016 car. I think he used it for half the year for swapping out um and uh yeah it's got a few wins to its name which is pretty good and uh yeah all the all the Eighty is good so of course it's his old car all our uh, parts are still serviced triple eight and then uh it's put together at an eggleston and prep there so yeah between the two uh, they both do a fantastic job so yeah the car we got's fantastic
0: and of course the car also was first came to a light with uh, will brown on board so you must be excited seeing his success at the
1: weekend Yeah, yeah. Will went fantastic on the weekend. It's good to see. It just really shows um, that Eggleston really pride themselves on bringing young drivers to the ranks. Of course, Will Brown was a rookie with Eggleston before he moved on uh, to the Airbus Academy, of course, being signed with them. And, uh, yeah, it's just good to see drivers go through the ranks and, uh, and be with a team like Eggleston because it gives myself confidence that, you know, they chose me to race with them. So, I mean, hopefully we can work towards uh, getting some good results like that of myself in a couple of years.
2: Now, Matt, you started as a carter and won a couple of national titles and then didn't muck around straight up to uh, running Super 3 and now Super 2. What was, what was the background in you getting started in racing and how you've tried to plot your career?
1: Yeah, so I started racing go-karts when I was seven years old. Um, originally, I wanted to get the motorbikes, but uh, my parents wouldn't let me. And uh, we had an excellent neighbour move into uh, the property next to us, and uh, he had a go-kart. And um, my dad actually managed to bring home a, a go-kart for me for a surprise. It was like a $500 little thing. And uh, honestly, I fell in love straight away. So I went to the Grand Prix that year, and they looked about the same thing to me as a go-kart. So I was pretty happy to be out there in what I thought was a Formula 1 car. And um yeah, so I sort of raced um, for, my, I guess, my whole life really until in karting until I was 21. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess like moving through to the ranks of motorsport wasn't really an option for me because we didn't have uh, any, any money really behind us. So I just competed in club-level competition until I was old enough to get a job. Um, and then, uh, yeah, worked uh, worked at a timber factory to bring in some money so I could go do some bigger races. And then it sort of just all snowballed from there. So racing karts became my job. Um, so we're paid to race, and um, and it was it was quite a quite a good gig really. And we had a few years of um, just a lot of success, winning a lot of racing and national championships and stuff like that. And then um, you know, I didn't know, but the Erebus Academy were watching me, and um, yeah, they gave me a call. Terry called me up and said, "Hey Matt, um, we've uh, we've been watching you for the last uh, few years. Uh, we'd like you to come in for a meeting." Um, so I was like, "Absolutely!" So I went in and chatted with Terry and Barry, and they were like, "Yeah, look, we've been watching you, and we'd like you to have a crack at the car, mate." Um, and if you go well, you can race for us. So, of course, (laughs) I said yes. And, uh, yeah, we went down and passed the evaluation in the first session and then they let me continue on for the rest of the day. And then, yeah, uh, basically in 2019, um, then I quit my job uh, racing karts so I could focus on on the supercar stuff. And, uh, yeah, we had a company, I'm not going to mention who, but we had a company that had committed to pay for the whole thing. Um, So I signed away, obviously, pronto, as soon as I got my contract from Erebus. Um, And then with uh, only a few days to go, the company had pulled out Um, because i had some issues with the government for yeah just some other stuff and uh, they could no longer afford to pay for our year and um yeah it was it was quite difficult because you know i mean i didn't bother looking for many other sponsors because these guys were going to pay for the whole thing um and some so it was going to be a really good deal so yeah i sold my two cars and cleaned out all my savings and uh just got the first round out of the way and then managed to piece together enough sponsorship for the second but that was as far as it went. So yeah, we, uh, we couldn't see the year out, unfortunately. Uh, It was good to dip our toes in, but it was a bit of a shame because it was a really good opportunity to be aligned with uh, the Airbus Academy and obviously be noticed and scouted in that way. That doesn't really happen these days, you know, but um, yeah, it was, it was still good. And it gave us a, you know, my, my dip in the toes in in terms of uh, getting myself into motorsport, which is awesome. Um, And then, yeah, basically worked on putting something together for the following year and um, I mean Charter got in contact with me and um, yeah wanted to get me in the car so he helped me get in the car at Bathurst last year and um, yeah we had a few dramas throughout it but again just dipped our toes in the water and then managed to get enough together this year to put a deal, uh, deal together with Eggleston and yeah here we are so before start of the year we'd sort of just done three car, uh, races in a car before getting into Super 2 but um, yeah just pressed on, and now we're, we're going all right, which is good. And I think it just really makes the whole thing a lot easier being with an operation like Eagleson, who just run themselves so professionally. And, you know, all that parts and stuff, as I mentioned, are all from Triple Eight. The cars are from Triple Eight. So the gear's good, the team's good. It's just a recipe for success.
2: Mm. Who are you racing with in karts?
1: So I raced for Arrow Karts. Um, so by role there, uh, when I finished school, I ended up moving there and doing cart assembly. So I was doing kart assembly for six months, and then Bart Price, the owner, the son of Drew Price, who used to race their super um, yeah supercars, uh, wanted to move me up into sales and marketing. Um, so I moved up to sales and marketing while still doing product development with uh, Darren Hossack. So we do a lot of R&D stuff and um, and basically developing the products. So, uh, yeah, obviously alongside that was also my job to race for the company too. So I was with them for oh, something like five years. And then my last, uh, my last little six-month stint, I'd actually moved to another company uh, called Energy Course, which is a company out of Italy who had sort of set up operations in Australia. So I moved on to them um, basically because I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I sort of stopped getting a wage from um, DPE for racing. Um, and I just, you know, basically pay for um, my stuff, which I didn't have to do in the past, which I mean, I just couldn't afford to do. So for me, it was the financial decision. It was either I stop racing and keep working for DPE or I continue racing um, and go with energy. So I moved to energy. And then uh, this supercar opportunity came about, and yeah, it was the next week that I quit because uh, <laughs> yeah, we lost the option of funding from that other company I, I mentioned before. And so
2: you've also had one of the scariest experiences in a race car, having a, a throttle stick at Murray, uh, to heading towards Murray's corner.
1: Yeah, at Bathurst last year, we uh, we did have the. Um, the throttle stick into that last corner, which is scary because we're going about 220 Ks into that corner. And, yeah, got off the, the gas. There's one lap to go through. It was such a shame. We were sitting in eighth and, yeah, got off the gas and the car kept going. So I managed to get on the clutch after I realized what had happened. But, uh, yeah, got on the brakes as hard as I could, locked up, and then obviously got off it again and then tried to modulate it. But when um, when you haven't got any rear wheel stopping, because that's put the clutch in, of course, so it didn't just keep driving forward, uh, car slows down a lot less quick. So, yeah, I still hit the wall at about 130 k's an hour, which like might sound like a little bit, but it's not that bad in one of these cars. So, yeah, managed to hit the brick wall in the front corner. Didn't they did a bit of damage, but nothing too crazy. But yeah, it was scary. It's definitely the scariest thing I've experienced in my life. You know, because you get off of the the gas, expect it to slow down, and it keeps going. Um, I sort of relate it back to when I was a kid. I had a, a, like a little BMX bike and my brakes would always disconnect and every time i'd pull the brakes and it wouldn't happen it felt like i would go faster and i uh, was just multiplied in this thing so yeah it was super scary but uh it was all right the car was repairable so it wasn't too bad for the team and uh, i wasn't hurt either which is always handy so yeah it was all right
2: it's like whenever you flip the cart and you end up onto the grass and as soon as you've left the asphalt that resistance is uh, not there anymore and you speed up as you've got the cart laying on top of you
1: yeah, see, I never managed to have too many big crashes in a cart. I did flip when I was a kid, um, but I was like oh, maybe like eight years old, so I was fortunate enough to not have too many big crashes. Um, did have a pretty big one at the World Championship in 2017. Um, I uh, qualified first, which was awesome, um, but then uh, I got sent uh, from behind by another cart into the first corner and I turned around and had a bunch of carts pile into me. Um, so, I, yeah, I did some rib damage, but, yeah, other than that, I actually never really had any rollovers in the carts, which is handy.
2: Well, that's amazing because uh, I was always taught you expect one a year in, in any form of motorsport, so you want to keep that run alive as much as you can. But interesting, you're in marketing, and, of course, Tony, he's got a, a long history in marketing, haven't you, Tony? <laughs>
0: Indeed, fascinating to uh, hear you talking about uh, the way in which you're setting up your career, Matt. You had an opportunity to try something new at Sydney Motorsports Park at the weekend.
1: I raced on the weekend uh, in Super Utes for the first time, which is the first time I'd raced a category other than the supercar stuff out of cars. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great weekend. Oh. We, unfortunately, we played with a lot of mechanical issues, so we didn't really turn many laps in practice and then qualifying. We still had some issues, uh, but uh, yeah, we went, had the race one, um, still had some more issues, but we finished fourth. And then the second race, we'd uh, we'd fix them, and uh, we finished second, which is great. And then, um, yeah, we we're, we're catching the leader in that race by um, by quite a lot. So it was looking like we're on for the final, started off the front row, and then on the rollout lap, the uh, the diff failed. So the Detroit locker, um, yeah, failed. So basically the way that operates is it's like the same Detroit locker they use in NASCAR is when you get off the gas, obviously it frees it up, so then you can turn a little bit easier. But when you get on the gas, it locks both rear wheels, so then it's basically driving with two. So that had failed and I uh, was sort of floating around inside there. So sometimes I'd have I'd drive from only one wheel, and other times it would lock up and I'd have completely nothing. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a shame because, you know, I thought we are going to be able to grab the win on debut, which would be big, or at least take it to Aaron Ball who ended up winning and have a really good battle. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shame. But, yeah, hopefully we can get back out there again in a couple of weeks uh, for the next round and just gain that experience at SMP because all these tracks I'm going to in Super 2 I haven't driven before, given my lack of experience in cars. So, uh, yeah, that was my whole idea basically try and get out there and cut some laps at smp just because you now when i look at all the drivers around me that they've either raced for, you know when you got guys like jack perkins tim blanchard been racing supercars for as long as i've been alive well you got guys around me that are raced in gt stuff ta2 formula 4 86 formula 3 all these categories around the world um and then i'm brocking up expecting to go good like yeah we're going well but like if we're serious you know we have got to be trying to do it as much as i can to sort of just flatten that curve and just get that experience as quick as possible because you know i got plenty of experience racing go-karts and it is all sort of similar you know it's got pedals it's got a steering wheel but at the end of the day it's not a car so yeah i need to sort of up my experience on that sort of stuff which is yeah why we sort of made that happen but it was a good weekend
2: yeah and you had the in-car camera too which you could just see your frustration as you were trying to work out what was going on with the truck
1: yeah, yeah, we did have the in-car camera, which was really good, um, but uh, it was great for our exposure. It was good for the brand too, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a shame we had so many issues. Um, but uh, yeah, basically the original issue uh, that created all the other ones was the flywheel, which comes uh, sub-assembled from the manufacturer. Uh, the bolts weren't done up. We'd actually lost half of them. So what was happening, uh, obviously, any time the engine was driving, there was a very big imbalance of weight. Um, You know, it was, let's just say, call it 20, 25 grams of bolts missing, which doesn't sound like a lot, but obviously the engines get up to a, a very you know seriously high amount of RPM, which uh, then will just always snowball. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, basically it kept on ruining the slave, the clutch, um, which would then make the clutch very hard to deal with. Um, but we noticed that on the uh, Saturday night and fixed that for the following day. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, we couldn't preempt the issue that was going to happen uh, with that diff. It was just unfortunate. Um, the car had done a fair bit of running since the utes had been created um, with Ben Walsh, and they haven't really done any, um, any replacements to that sort of stuff. So the, the car was sort of at the end of its life for all this stuff um, in that respect. So I just happened to be the guy behind the wheel. But fortunately, if we get out there in a couple of weeks, everything's fixed. The team fixed it this morning. It um, texted me just to confirm that it was a Detroit locker. But uh, yeah, it was very difficult to drive in that final race. Like, we couldn't even get it into the truck at the end of the day, it was that buggered. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty difficult, but still in all a great experience. It was good to experience another category. As I said, I've only ever done the supercar stuff.
0: You'll be back on a track again on the 18th of November. You'll be back out there and hoping to improve on your fifth position. So uh, It must be pretty exciting for you to, to be living out some of these things which you'd only dreamt of, obviously, uh,
1: a few years back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just growing up, like as I said, I never know could afford to dip my toes in motorsport let alone karting if i had to pay for that and you know i just always listen to the people around me and like oh maddie you know just quick dreaming pal like you're not rich you'll never be able to do motorsport which is why i sort of never tried but you know here i am now still not rich but doing motorsport i do wish that i i did do a little bit earlier but in the in the same respect like i also learned a lot of skills that are vital to my operation at the moment and securing the funding to keep on going and if i hadn't have done my my long stint to DPA car technology and, you know, done the training and learnt the skills for sales and marketing and whatnot, then I wouldn't be able to do a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now. Um, but yeah, like it will be good to get out there again in the super two in, uh, in a couple of weeks. So in the 18th of November, we got a test. So usually as rookies in super two, all the rookies get to go and test at a, uh, a track that you basically pick. Um, where usually we'd only be able to go to our designated test track. in. You know, for, for me, for example, I'm from Melbourne, so i got to test at Winton. If you're from Queensland, you've got to test at QR. So I'd be able to also go and test at somewhere like Sydney. But because it's been a long break now, all the guys get to go and run there, which is a shame because, you know, it's, the rookies lose that advantage to what they'd normally get. But, uh, you know, they I suppose as a developing driver, you want to have the field as uh, as high as possible in terms of skill level and this is one way that it's going to happen so yeah it's going to be good we're all heading there for a hit out on the 18th as you mentioned and um yeah then obviously we're into racing on the on the 19th we've got a couple of practice sessions and then we got qualifying and and in, uh, in two races so it's gonna be good
2: well a former supercar champion uh, said to me once that he spent a few too many years in karting uh before he moved up to formula ford and went overseas that fellow Russell Ingle is still racing supercars.
1: Yeah, so Russell's obviously doing the wild card with Brock Feeney at Bathurst, which is going to be awesome. It's good to see him getting back out there, and it's also great to see Brock have a hit out for himself as the as the main driver before he uh, gets into his full-time uh, campaign in, in main game, which is it's good to see. Like, Brock's done a good job. He um, spent a while in karting, I suppose, but got out early in the sense that, you know, he was doing 86s at 16 or whatever it was. But, yeah, I mean, I would have loved to follow that sort of um, progression as well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, sort of most kids these days in motorsport have some family backing. And that's just something that I didn't have. So, just, yeah, obviously it was never a reality. I guess I just listened to the people that, as I, as I mentioned, me I'd never sort of uh, make it because I haven't got money. But it is still possible for, for people to do that. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, I'm I'm doing it. There's another couple of people in Super Three, uh, Super 2 and Super 3 at the moment that are making it happen too. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I definitely don't regret the amount of time that I spent in karting. And I think that, you know, it's sort of flattened the curve and, and made our, our journey to success a little bit shorter. Like we're definitely going, you know, we're going a lot a lot better than than people that are in the field as well that have been doing racing for a lot of years and uh, I think just you know with age comes maturity and that sort of made me understand what's required for me to gain success and and basically develop my skill set and um you know if I were a little bit younger I don't think I would have caught on so quickly so yeah I mean despite the fact that I would have loved to jump in a car when I was when I was younger um I really wouldn't change the way it's all happened for a world for the world like it's uh it's I found myself cemented in a few companies now that when I'm finished racing I'll still be involved in working with and um these are opportunities as well that I would have had to study for years at university for to be able to do and um it's just come through you know my networking skills i've developed in in trying to you know secure funding for motorsports so yeah it's all worked out for the best i believe
0: matt it's been wonderful hearing your story that's only just passed the index on the uh, first couple of chapters so i can wish you all the very best and we hope that both craig Gravel and myself tony whitlock will be able to meet you at bathurst one thing i'll just mention to you that a lot of people of your age may not be aware of is that Nicky Lauda bought his first drive in Formula 1 with BRM. He bought his first drive. A man who went on to win multiple Formula 1 championships and became an absolute icon of the sport. So don't think for one second that you're doing anything that's very, very different, but you obviously are doing a very good job at it. So all the very best of luck at both Sydney Motorsport Park and Bathurst. Thank you for joining us, Matt McLean,
1: on Inside Supercars. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me.